This episode of Make Your Pitch is brought to you by BET. As a business owner, have you ever asked, uh, how is my business ensuring profitability and sustainability? Uh, or does my business drive its growth and agenda through a defined strategy? Maybe also, is there a performance management system in place? If you hesitated to answer any of these questions, you need to take a look at the Business Enabling Toolbox, BET. To find out more about BET, check the show notes of this episode. This is Make Your Pitch. I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. Together, we chat with entrepreneurs with great ideas, looking for investors to back their vision. We want to be sure investors are there as well as to find the next big hit. So let's get started. And a great big hello to this episode of Make Your Pitch. We have always brought you the best and the brightest. And we've also brought you some very innovative things that you may never have seen before. Today is certainly an example of that. I certainly never saw anything like this. Never even imagined it existed until I ran into and was in contact with the person that's behind it. And so we're going to introduce that person in just a moment. But before I do that, we also have a guest co-host today, uh, Tony Canzada, which is uh, very much into the area that we're going to be speaking on and uh, listening to today. So, Tony, welcome to Make Your Pitch. Well, thank you, Chris. Appreciate being here as always. And um, I uh, appreciate having the opportunity of being the guest co-host today. And it's always uh, a great time and it's always extremely informative. I always find that when I leave, um, I am so much more enriched and blessed with more information and definitely with a better understanding of things that sometimes, you know, you think you understand things and and you've got a good handle on it, and then you get a different perspective. And then when you hear it again, sometimes it might be stuff that you think you know, and you may do, but a refresher, and it's really, really uh, uplifting sometimes, and as well as, again, being being very blessed to be a part of that. So thank you for having me again. And I'm really looking forward to this show because, as you know, I am in this industry as well. So this is going to be a really great show. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Well, in the industry we're talking about is in the area of watercraft, boating, whichever you might want to look at it as. And just so everyone knows, uh, Tony actually manufactures boats under the trade name of Anthem. And you can see that uh, any of his uh, watercraft at Anthem.ma, I believe it is. And with that being said, I, ho I hope you'll go over and take a look at what he's building. And it is uh, quite an impressive craft, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about Robin Sells and a company called Pacific Watercraft. Now, they have something so unique. I think it's going to take your socks and blow them right off. So, Robin, welcome to the Make Your Pitch podcast. Well, good morning, gentlemen, and thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, be with you this morning. I'm, uh, I'm really excited about this and uh, hope that I can share something very enlightening here with respect to Solo, the personal ski machine. 
And that's exactly what it is. Um, seems like as time goes by, people who are avidly into water sports are frustrated because they can't get the driver, the spotter, and the boat all together at the same time. So solo solves that problem. And that it allows you to go water skiing, wakeboarding, anything that you can do if you're being towed behind a boat, you can do by yourself. Uh, you're in complete control. You control everything remotely through a, a wireless uh, ski handle. And of course, one of the first questions that comes up here is what, well, don't you need a spotter uh, you know, in all the states. Well, we spent eight years lobbying to get this thing legal. So currently right now we're legal in 41 states plus Guam, Puerto Rico, and the District of Columbia. And, um, and we're legal pretty well every place else uh, throughout, the, throughout the world. And uh, we find that solo is in such big demand right now, especially with the pandemic going on. There was a lot of concern initially when the pandemic was, uh, was well underway that it was going to devastate the watercraft industry. And um, 2019 was a really stellar year for recreational boating sales. And uh, what happened in 2020 is it actually increased. There was about a 12% increase in sales all across the boating industry. And it had just the opposite effect compared to what people were, were anticipating. So at any rate, uh, back to Solo here, it's a really marvelous little machine and it's 94 and a half inches long. And it's powered uh, by a 170 horsepower Rotax engine, uh, completely, completely with uh, wireless uh, controls, as, a, as opposed to our previous model, which was wired. And in that model, you had to use our handle and our ski rope. Now you can use your own favorite um, uh, handle and, uh, and and rope. And what you get from us is you get a little clamshell that uh, with the controls on it that clamps onto the center of your handle. And then that communicates by Bluetooth to a device that you either wear on your vest or on your upper arm. And then in turn, that device is what uh, communicates to the boat. And uh, it's got everything built into this thing. I mean, it's got collision avoidance. It's got a remote retrieval system, GPS built into it so that if you fall, you can start the boat up remotely and uh, it'll track right back to you at an idle speed. And when it senses a distance between you and the bow of the boat of about 10 feet, the engine will shut off and just drift right up to you. But at any rate, this is, uh, you can see this here. This is our newest model here right now. It says SF-150, and that 150 horsepower engine is now in the process of morphing, as I mentioned earlier, into a 170 horsepower engine. And um, it's really, really an incredible feeling. It's, uh, it's, uh, some people think it's like operating a video game on the water. Uh, I kind of equate it uh, to downhill skiing and that you can go when you want to go and where you want to go. You don't have to rely upon anybody else. And again, anything that you can do behind a boat, you can do behind this, whether you're skiing, wakeboarding, barefooting, hydrofoiling, even tubing, and you're in complete control. It's, uh, the, there, there's an amazing, amazing demand for this around the world right now. Currently, the International Water Ski Federation states that there's about 63 million active water skiers in the world. And we average right now anywhere from 750 to 1,000 new inquiries every single month. Everybody just wanting to know, when can we get one? When can we get one? And so part of the purpose of this right now as well is that we are are in the process of uh, wanting to get this boat into, into production now. So part of uh, our efforts right now are to raise money to uh, get us into production and start building these boats. We have uh, 
We have a, uh, uh, we are set up throughout the world. We have uh, either dealer agreements in place throughout the world or, or memorandums, memorandums of understanding with people who want to become dealer distributors. We're ready to go. We've uh, spent significant dollars uh, in this already to get this thing developed, lobbying efforts. And so anybody that comes on at this particular point in time is going to be able to capitalize on all of the sunk time and sunk costs that are uh, that that, uh, that have gone into this already. So we're ready, and our goal right now is to try to get this funding together as quickly as possible. We would like to be able to start shipping product for next uh, next spring, that uh, spring of 2022. And uh, currently, at this particular point in time, we're looking for three million dollars in production funding to get this little boat up and going. And um, what we are offering at this particular point in time is, a, is, a, is kind of a hybrid scenario. Uh, we would like to treat the $3 million as, as debt. And, and once we start production, then we would begin repayment of that at 7.5% interest over 36 months. And the individual will also get 20% of the company as well. So it's not an either or, they get both. That's kind of where we're at, but we are certainly negotiable as well at this particular point. Um, we have an amazing team of people that have been with us for a long time. We have, you know, in excess of 100 years between our immediate team of people, a development team. And uh, uh, just, uh, you know, our, our project, uh, the project manager on this, uh, Don Pickey. Don has been a, with me since 2003. And Don's got an amazing background in product development. And uh, he was with AT&T for many years as well. Um, he's also retired from the Marines. Um, Chip White is in charge of procurement, and with the Navy, that's what his position was for many, many years, and at one time, even managing up to 980,000 SKUs at any one time. Um, our electronics engineers, I mean, our whole team of people are really qualified on this, and um, in, in, in addition, we have a number of uh, very prominent uh, water skiers in the industry who are, have always supported us and endorsed our product. We've been fortunate over the years to appear in so many different magazines and television programs. And we've won just many, many awards uh, on the new design of the product. And uh, so this is an exciting time for us to finally see this new model uh, come into fruition here. And we're anxious to get it out there in the market. Well, you have uh, obviously a whole lot more into it than that. Do you, how did you first get uh, into this particular type of water sports and trying to design this particular type of vehicle? Well, I wish that I could take the, uh, the full credit for initially developing this, but uh, the truth is there has been many efforts over many, many years of individuals trying to come up with a, a concept where you could go skiing by yourself. And if you were to search all the patent records out there, you'd find one of the earlier ones. There was a dentist at one time many years ago, many years ago, back in the uh, early 60s that came up with a device uh, and uh, it was a series of piano wires that he attached to a piece of wood and he would operate it very much like a, like a, a puppeteer would operate a marionette. And um, he couldn't do very much. You could kind of just sway back and forth behind the boat. But he ended up falling and getting tangled up in the piano wires and was nearly decapitated. And uh, that's one guy. Another guy came up with a concept where it was a, a piece of long electrical conduit that had cables in it. And it was heavy and bulky. And you could kind of sway back and forth again. You really couldn't do much of anything. 
And then came about a product that was originally developed up in Vancouver, British Columbia, and then ended up being sold to a company out of Calgary, Alberta. And that company was Ski Free Marine. And they developed a product called Ski Free. And Ski Free was, um, uh, again, a little boat. It was hydraulically operated, pretty underpowered at 40 horsepower. But um, that's when I joined the company. I was uh, asked to come on board. I'd had a background in water skiing. And uh, they needed somebody to come on board in public relations. And after about two years, um, I had the opportunity to come in and take over the patents and uh, rebuild and, and redesign the entire project. So I spent, uh, spent all of the 90s uh, doing just that. And uh, we um, spent eight years, as I mentioned earlier, lobbying to get this thing legal. But we changed the design completely from that little uh, 40 horsepower engine. It had a deep V hull. Uh, we brought on one of the top uh, hole designers in the world, fellow by the name of Ron Jones, who uh, had developed uh, all the big unlimited hydroplane holes. And we uh, uh, came up with a new concept. It was electronic. We got rid of the hydraulics. And, uh, and um, so in 2003, we got up and into production for, for a period of time and got a lot of boots. And... Um, and uh, at any rate, we lost uh, in 2010, I think it was, our engine manufacturer closed their doors and went out of business and left us without an engine. And so we spent uh, quite a bit of time trying to locate a new inline engine. And at that time, all the big guys like Kawasaki and Yamaha and Bombardier were not interested in selling their inline engine to any independent boat manufacturers. But also about that time, Bombardier out of Canada separated their division, their recreational division out from their aircraft division and formed a company here in the United States called Bombardier Recreational Products. Well, it took me about five years to uh, get a supply agreement out of them because when they decided to make uh, three of the inline engines available to independent boat manufacturers, they weren't thinking of anybody like us. They were thinking of big companies, big boats. But anyway, we ultimately passed muster and uh, got, a, got a supply agreement out of them. And so we had spent uh, at that particular time that we knew that we were going to have to redesign the boat completely from bottom up. And that's what we started doing in uh, about 2012. We came up with the concept that, you know, that we have out there right now. And um, that engine is, as I said, is morphing now into 170. We spent uh, 2017 and 2018 actually getting this boat developed and designed. And uh, so we're now just at the point where we are ready to, um, we want to get moved into a new manufacturing facility and uh, build boats and make money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that obviously, that's, that's where you're headed. And it seems like you're headed down the path quite rapidly. But now, one of the, the questions I know the investors want to know is, how are you protecting your IP right now? Um, I've got, I currently have two patents right now. And... Um, uh, two, uh, two, uh, 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 I've got a design patent, but we've also got to, my two utility patents. And uh, we've covered everything. We've been able to successfully defend it on three or four different occasions. And we have uh, three additional patents right now that we're ready to file going forward here. And uh, so we're, we're well protected on all fronts. Very good. Okay. Uh, Tony, I know you have quite a few questions. Why don't you take it from here? Well, uh, well, thank you. I will. Um, and uh, thanks for that plug earlier, but you did get it wrong. It, it's actually anthem.io. Uh, 
A.M. as in Anthem Marine. So anyway, not enough said no, about I, that. That's what I said, my friend, Anthem okay. dot A.M. That's what I said. Okay. I think you said M.A., but we won't talk about your dyslexia. Oh, right of course. Now. Yeah, we'll, well, you we'll know. Focus in on Robin. Just, that's just the way I am. Let's let's focus <laughs> on Robin. You're right. <laughs> Wait, I'm the one with dyslexia. Okay, anyway. So I got that. I got that wrong, too. So, Robin, I I um very intrigued uh, because I've been in this space uh, quite a while. And some of my um, my my main partner, uh, Mark Overby, has been in this space and also a competitive skier and, and um, very talented and uh, been boat building for 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 many years. And it, so so it's been really intriguing to uh, see some of the different developments and see where you've come from. And it's really been exciting, actually. I. Um, I've seen some of the different things that you've done and, of course, some of the questions that uh, the obvious ones you've already come up with and uh, you've already answered them. Uh, obviously, because you're in this space and, and you're, you're passionate about the, the sport, it's important to you to have something that performs, which is really important. It shows that you are definitely in a place to where you're following your heart as well as what, um, what you think is going to help uh, a big void and a gap, like you say, it's it's always difficult trying to find spotters and so on and so on. And that was actually one of my first questions when I when I heard about it was, hey, what about that? And of course, um, uh, Mark, uh, when I spoke to him, of course, he's very familiar with all of that. And he already had uh, a lot of the answers way ahead of what I did. But um, I do I do have uh, a question that I know has hit hit me a few times, and that is. Uh, you mentioned that you can do hydrofoil and all kinds of different things. So what kind of wave, what kind of wake can you can you produce? And tell tell us how that's produced and, and how you think you could uh, change that. Well, number one, I always want to stress, you know, for, for water skiers, of course, we're looking for flat water. We're not looking for a lot of weights. And, and, and uh, hydrofoiling, it really doesn't make any difference. Um, However, uh, one of the things that I always stress is that this is never going to be a wakeboard boat. Uh, it's just not big enough to be able to produce the kind of wake that some of these massive boats can produce today. However, we do have a pretty significant, uh, significant wake that we can produce. We have a, uh, uh, an adjustable jet nozzle. And uh, the, you know, when it's aimed in a, more of a downward position, it does create quite a bit more of a, uh, of, of a wake. And additionally, we have a patented wedge that uh, attaches on, very a quick attach onto the jet nozzle that will help to produce even more of a weight. But it's not going to be gigantic. But uh, again, you know, the people that uh, we have uh, seen behind it, I mean, they can do some amazing things on this, and they're doing all sorts of flips and, 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 and that type of thing. But the, um, but yeah, that's the, uh, I, I think, the, uh, the, the biggest okay. thing there. We've got a lot of weight in the, in the boat. This new engine is quite a bit heavier. And so we're able to push the actual boat down into the water a lot more and to, to create that, that wake when and if anybody wants it. So, um, so that's a good question. The, the weight of the vessel and uh, the, uh, the, obviously the ease of use, and I'm assuming because of the weight, uh, it's not going to require huge uh, trailers. So that's probably a big positive and part of being a one-person operation, so to speak. So um, 
if you would answer that question, and and then if you can, I want to follow up with a um, bit more about weight as far as the actual user. So so tell me about the weight and the the ease of use, would you please? Well, certainly. Yes, uh, this particular boat weighs just under 700 pounds. And um, our previous model was about half that. Well, it was a 375. But so we're just under 700 pounds with this. And it tows very easily onto a, onto a, onto a little small, like a jet ski trailer. Hmm. And um, it's just very, very easy to launch on your own and, and to retrieve. The um, um, One of the things that uh, I, I think people like about this so much is that it is easy to use. Uh, you don't have to have two or three people around to launch it. You can pop this thing in the water very, very quickly and uh, and get out and, and away you go. Wonderful. That's uh, that that is always a big issue, as as most of us that uh, launch boats know that that in itself can be challenging sometimes. And, uh, yeah, and certainly, this boat too. I, I meant I neglected to mention. I'm sorry to interrupt you there. That this boat is only 94 and a half inches long. Yeah, that makes it really, really uh, uh, nice and compact and easy to store away and everything. So on the weight, keeping keeping uh, in line with the weight question. So let's say we've got a, a person that is 120 pounds and then we've got someone that's 250 pounds. How does the solo react and how does it offset the swaying and the movement and the cutting when you're going back and forwards, typically, like you said, you want calm water, so you're cutting in real hard. There's a tremendous amount of pull. How does a solo react to that? Well, certainly. Well, back up, the, the, whether you're 120 pounds or 250 pounds or even up to 300 pounds, this new engine, it has got an awful lot of bottom end. So it will pull you out of the water incredibly fast. You know, typically under five seconds, you're out of the water. Uh, I ski on a 67-inch double high wrap ski, and I weigh 200 pounds, and I mean, I'm out immediately. And one of the things that I like about this boat, too, is if you close your eyes, you cannot tell that you're not skiing behind a tournament boat. The pull is that great on it. I mean, it's just really fabulous. But then for cutting, because, you know, um, I, I cut hard, I'm an aggressive skier, and I can pull a Mastercraft all over the place. Or probably in this case, I could pull an Anthem around all over the place. <laughs> However, uh, we have uh, incorporated into this uh, a microelectrical mechanical system. We call it a MEMS system. And it senses the torque. So as you're cutting hard one direction, it automatically adjusts the jet nozzle the opposite direction uh, to keep you moving on a straight line, just like a driver would do if, if, they're, if they're pulling a skier during a tournament. So this will keep you going in a straight line. And as a matter of fact, with this, you can actually run a slalom course. Let's pause for a moment so we can hear from our sponsor for this episode. I have just set up our customer relation management system using CRM Engine, not just for its many options, but because its price is well below that of the big boys. The CRM Engine team set up all that we needed to keep track of our contacts, including those who are scheduled to pitch, our investors, and strategic partners. We now know when we met, what was said, when to follow up, and includes an auto email system to stay in touch timely. It keeps us focused on what makes Maker Pitch what it is, the people. So to learn how to keep your business in touch with your clients using CRM Engine, go to the show notes of this episode. Wow. Well, that um, 
That certainly is uh, impressive. Now, one of the other questions that I think uh, some of the investors might ask, especially if they're into the the sport, um, is obviously you've you've touched on the fail safes and and how it you can retrieve it easily. So, if you've got this clamshell that's on your own handle, if you if you have a favorite handle, as you as you said. Um, how 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 easy is it is it to to do that? Because a lot of people, as you know, they 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 release one hand, especially as they're cutting and everything. And so, does it, is there any kind of plotting or anything that will have um, almost like an autopiling? Is there anything like that that will help the the boat navigate uh, around things? And in the event you're making a turn what's what's the what's the solo looking for i mean it it's got uh it's got fail safes on of some kind can you explain that a little bit more certainly well the um uh the, number one the boat is completely programmable whether you're a beginner intermediate or advanced skier or wakeboarder hydrofoiler barefooter completely programmable to um you know to pull you out of the water quickly. Some skiers, especially beginners, they might want to be dragged a little while before they're actually up and going. And so you can pre-program that. Um, uh, and uh, so that's, that's a real plus, being able to pre-program it. Or you can also operate it manually. One of the things is, uh, you know, when, you're, when you've, uh, there, there's a little bit of a learned technique on this. It takes you about 10 minutes to learn it. But once you've, uh, once you've uh, learned that, you can actually, if you're not going to use any of the programming features, or even the MEMS control, you can actually learn to steer this thing with your ski, and um, which, which is really, really cool. You know, and our, our demo guys that have been skiing behind us for a long time, myself, I mean, they make it look very easy because it is very easy to learn, very easy. And um, the, uh, I'm sorry, was there another, was there another part of the question there? Um, yeah, so the, the, the idea of safety, I mean, when you're cutting and the boat's yeah. ahead of you and you've got a big lead in front of you, depending on what length you're at, that uh, was my question about the self-fail safe. Sure, yeah, and understand too, we have set the, we've set the tow length for the, for the tow rope on this at 40 feet. Um, you know, that's for, that's for safety purposes, so that the skier has still got good visibility on it. You know, for certain things, like if you were in a real competition, you can over over uh, override the uh, the programming on that, so you could uh, you could ski up to seventy five feet if you if you needed or wanted to. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't recommend that for everyday skiing. Just the forty feet is more than adequate on that. And um, and yes, with the collision avoidance system on it, it's going to sense anything in front of you, and it will either divert off course or it'll shut the engine down completely. Um, so you've got that aspect. It's also got a depth sounder on it. So in case you're getting close to a, either a rock or a, a big rock in the water or sandbar, it'll divert off course or shut down again as well. Uh, it's really safe. And I would have to mention here that in 33 years, we have never, ever had an accident. And I think that there is the reason behind that is because, you know, water skiers um, are maybe a little different breed than jet skiers. It's not that they don't do both, but, you know, jet skiers are out there pounding the water and pounding the waves. And, um, you know, skiers generally have grown up around water or on the water. So they're a lot more cognizant of the safety aspects and the etiquette of being on the water. So I contribute to uh, uh, the, the fact that we've never had an accident. I, I think that that's a large part of it right there too. But this new boat, it's, again, it's got so many safety features in this. And then for the investors too, I think one other thing that they're going to be very, 
I would think that they would be very interested in is the is the non-recreational um, aspects of this boat. Um, this we've had we have a lot of inquiries. Matter of fact, about oh a number of years ago, we built a an unmanned surface vessel for the Navy to test out. But we get inquiries all all the time now, and especially with this new model about being able to convert it and use it for things such as uh, ocean mapping. Um, you know, an oil company in Indiana wants to use this for moving the floating oil containment booms around on Lake Michigan. Um, you know, Department of Homeland Security, U.S. Border Patrol, they like the fact that this is small and stealth and pretty quiet uh, to use for reconnaissance and surveillance. So there's lots of different applications of this thing outside of the normal recreational aspect. So uh, as an investor, uh, obviously, it sounds like you've got lots of different uh, future things that you have not only got inquiries about, but you've obviously already started to dive into the development and all of the different uh, different possibilities with this vessel. So it doesn't just become, uh, it, it's way outside of the scope of just being for a solo skiing. So uh, that's really important to um, for investors to understand, uh, obviously, what the uh, future holds. And uh, having said that, what, what do you see for the future of the company? What would you tell an investor as to what you see the vision for Solo? Well, Tony, uh, what, I, what I personally would like to see, I want to I grow the company. I want to grow it and grow it significantly. At some particular point, though, we certainly have to look for an exit strategy for the investors. And um, it, that could go any number of different ways once we have built the value up. Um, one of the things, if the market and the economy were right, we could possibly look at an IPO at that time if the market and the economy were, were right. Um, the other thing, too, is to build the company up and possibly look at a sale to one of the big companies. And um, even the company, you know, that we, uh, we buy our powertrains from, you know, they're a large company, Bombardier is, they make the Sea-Doo, of course, and, and uh, not that it would ever happen, but in our mind, we think that if we built this up significantly, that it would be a good fit for them because number one, we're using their powertrain and that's the most expensive component in the whole boat. But there's certainly other, other possibilities. And, and as a matter of fact, uh, in this, I, I had a, this morning when I got up and I was checking my emails, I have an offer this morning from a company out of, a, out of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, wanting to meet with me next week to talk about buying the company out. Wow. Now, we're certainly not interested yet at this particular point. As I said, we want to build this company up and make it worthwhile for everybody that's involved. And, uh, and judging from the, again, the number of inquiries that we get, our biggest problem, I think, Tony and, uh, and Chris, is that we're never going to be, be able to build all we can sell. And that's probably a good, a good problem to have. That's, that's a great, that is a great problem. It's also problematic to go along with it. As you know, supply and demand is such a, such a pendulum that you have to swing. I do want to ask you one thing, Robin. Chris asked earlier on, I'm not sure you might have answered it, so forgive me if you did, but uh, he had said that you're asking investors to uh, put in about $3 million, but the question that Chris had was, you've put a significant amount more in that. Can you speak on that a little bit as to the years? And you mentioned 12, and then you kind of jumped to 16, 17, and 18. So Tell me a little bit about that so, so the investors can understand exactly where you've come from, please. Certainly over the years, yes, we've, uh, we've put about uh, approximately $800,000 into lobbying efforts to get the watercraft legal 
so that we would even have a marketplace, number one. And so that was a, that was a big thing. And uh, then when we um, got the, our last version developed and out into the marketplace, uh, you know, we had put approximately $2 million into the development of that, that product alone. Uh, just developing this new product right now, the new boat, uh, we put in in 2018, 2017, 2018, we put about a million two into getting this new boat uh, developed. And so we've got about, we've got a little bit of electronics work yet to finish on that, just about 2% of the electronics to finish off. But for all intents and purposes, you know, we've, we've made all the changes in this boat. Uh, we've actually now with the engine becoming a 170, the motor mounts are a little bit wider than the, in the previous uh, 150. So the boat is now about six inches wider. And we've also introduced now a custom uh, 12 gallon fuel tank that we had designed specifically for this watercraft. And it sits nicely up in the bow of the boat. So it's quite a bit bigger than the, uh, you know, than the previous uh, seven and a half gallon tank that we had. Um, so yeah, we've, uh, we've collectively over the years, you know, it's put, uh, put a, put a, you know, probably about $5 million into this. So if, if you had an audience right now of investors, what would be, uh, what would be your, your, your quick pitch as to, hey, this is why you need to be in this space or this is why I think this would be a good opportunity for an investor? What, what would be some of the key points that you would kind of hit on? Well, I would certainly, number one, look at the demand for this particular boat. I would look at that. I would also look at the uh, the number of uh, people participating in this in this sport throughout the world. As I mentioned earlier, the National Water Ski Federation states that there's 63 million active water skiers. Uh, so we've got a huge big market out there. So we, we've got a demand. We've also got an issue here that this boat solves, and that is again, as we've discussed, you know, getting the driver, the spotter, the boat, everybody all together at the same time. This solves a problem. It's not I mean, it's fun, certainly, but it does solve a problem out there. And the return on this uh, right now is, the return on this is really significant. And again, if you look at our projections over the next five years that we have, um, I think uh, very conservatively uh, over the next five years, just on the recreational side of things, that we could uh, easily do about $500 million in, in gross sales over the next five years. Um, and that's not pie in the sky. These are based on real hard inquiries, both from boat shows and also from over the internet and the phone calls we get in every single day on this thing. And big question everybody has is, when can I get one? How soon can I get one? So I think that, you know, for an individual really taking a good look and looking at all that's already gone into this and being able to capitalize again on all those sunk time and the sunk costs. I mean, this isn't something that's an idea on an app. And, you know, it's done. We're ready, we're ready to go. We're ready to get moved into a new building. We, we vacated our previous building uh, last fall and while we were wrapping up here. And uh, so now we're ready to get moved into a new building. We have several locations uh, picked out uh, that we would, uh, we would entertain. And um, so the goal right now is to um, get, get uh, the production uh, set up and start shipping product in about six months. Wonderful. Well, um, I know that you're in Seattle, Washington, so that might be a question that come up, uh, that may come up. So um, the uh, uh, place that you're ready to move in, I, I'm, I'm assuming you've got everything and you're just waiting on the funds to actually move forward and then start filling the orders. You did say that 
you've got a lot of inquiries. So uh, obviously you're anticipating a, 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 large, uh, a large movement as soon as you can get those things straight. I'm not sure. I've got some other questions, but I'd, I'd like to save them um, for maybe another time if, uh, uh, if that might uh, come about. Otherwise, I'm going to turn this over to Chris and see what, uh, what he has for us here. Well, now that I, I really, uh, I really can't tell you this is, uh, it's been fascinating and, and I've enjoyed it because we're talking to two people who understand the water sports business, certainly much more than I ever will. And so this has been an exciting area of the, uh, make your pitch program, uh, having an expert with an expert is always exciting. And so I, I thank both of you, but at this point, uh, uh, Robin, I, I, I'm wondering, and you say you've got order point order point order, and you can't keep up with the demand, but in, unless you have the funding now, how much of the company has already been, uh, if you will, sliced up, you're saying that, uh, the $3 million will get 20% of the company who else owns it and who actually controls the company. Um, I control the company, uh, number one. And one of the things that we have anticipated uh, or anticipating doing and, and, uh, and uh, working with our attorney suggestion is that when we are at a point ready to close on funding, uh, they've suggested that we look at restructuring the company and uh, you know, recapitalizing. And I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Right now, uh, there's um, about 50% of the company that's still left out right now. And uh, but um, they've come up with some uh, some great ideas about how we would how it would probably behoove us to to look at restructuring and recapitalizing going forward because so much of uh, you know with 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 uh, the, the few people that are actually involved right now it's all sweat equity and so uh, we we can be looking at some trade offs there to be able to allow us to move forward at a much quicker pace. Well, in the in the last few minutes we have for this particular episode. How would you restructure? Uh, and have you considered anything uh, like a, uh, a B corporation or a nonprofit uh, as part of it? Uh, how would you restructure your, your uh, company? Well, I, I'm not sure that I can really answer that at this particular point, Chris. You know, the attorneys have talked about that, and they're actually working on something right now for, uh, to present as, as a restructure and how it would work and how it would benefit not only the, the present people that are involved, but also new people coming on board. That's the thing we want to do. We want to make certain that everybody is both protected um, and um, also that there's going to be uh, there's going to be some significant returns for those people who do come on board. So I, I'm not sure I can give you a, a solid answer today, but next time I'll be able to have an answer for you. Okay, very good. I appreciate that. I, and I, of course, wonder uh, the investor is going to go well if it's restructured. What happens to my investment? So you know, it's something that will be important when you actually have contact with some of the investors that I know will be in touch with you in the process. Uh, we have actually reached the end of this episode. Uh, and I would like to ask, first of all, Tony, would you like any final questions you would like to ask before we close out? You know, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing how the progression is. And, and uh, it's really exciting to meet somebody else that has the same love and passion in this in this area and category that, that uh, we certainly do. So uh, I, I'm really encouraged with, uh, with everything that you've done and I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you for, 
for coming on today, uh, Robin. Appreciate it. Well, you're uh, welcome. And thank you, Tony. And uh, yeah, th thank you, Tony. Anthem.am. And, <laughs> and Robin, uh, I know that uh, you and I are going to talk more. We've already discussed that. And we'll make sure that uh, we open all the avenues that we possibly can from uh, the, uh, the, this side of uh, the Make Your Pitch podcast program. Uh, and before we close, I also ask you the same question. Would you like to say anything to the investors you, th you think would really have an impact that's important? Well, um, I, again, I, you know, this is my little baby, my little dream. So I obviously think this is, a, this is a, something everybody should take a look at. But, you know, I've learned the hard way. It's not always about the money. It's got to be the right personality behind the money as well. And, uh, but I do know that we have something really strong of value here. We've done the homework. I mean, we put a lot of time and effort and money into this already to bring it to this particular point where we can bring, bring um, uh, an investor or investors on board. Um, uh, I don't know if I can just re address real quick. I don't know that we will restructure the company. I don't know that we will have to. It was just something that our attorneys brought up. And it depends upon how things um, progress forward here. If we had one investor that came on board and wanted to just, you know, do the $3 million itself, you know, and work within our, our, uh, our guidelines here, treating it as a hybrid scenario, we probably wouldn't, wouldn't have to restructure. But uh, right now, um, you know, we've got good business attorneys. And we want to make certain that this is worthwhile for everybody. And we'll do whatever we need to do at this particular point to make that happen. Excellent. Excellent. Robin, thank you so much for being a part of, of this program today. I know that you have something that is going to explode. You know it, I know it, and you've worked hard on it. So it's, it's, it's there and it's going to happen. And I encourage any investor that's listening to find out more. How would they find out more about you and how to contact you, Robin? Well, certainly um, they can go to uh, our website at uh, solowatersports.com and uh, that's the first place to go to get more information on the boat um, and to uh, see some of the videos that we have on there and they can contact me directly at uh, robin at solowatersports.com and that's robin like a bird or B I N. so robin at solowatersports.com and the best number to reach me at, uh, our, our phone numbers are all on our website, but the best number, if somebody's interested and wants to contact me directly as well, I'll share my phone number at 206-661-2178. And I would welcome any and all inquiries. Very good. And I tell all investors that uh, Make Your Pitch gets 50% of all income <laughs> that's produced. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> only 50%. Yeah. Oh, my. Ed, thank you, Robin, very much for being here. And I, I really, really a great explanation of your company, what it needs and how it's structured and the team. Uh, excellent, excellent job of that. I appreciate it very, very much. And Tony, my friend, you are, uh, you've been uh, actually invaluable on this particular podcast. Wow, I don't know what to is, say. I'm, get, I'm getting a compliment. Wait a second. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not I ready know. for this. <laughs> I and, better uh, hold on. Those, those, uh, those of you who are watching don't realize that uh, Tony and I are actually are part of another podcast where we, uh, we actually go back and forth quite, uh, if you will, uh, <laughs> uh, quite rapidly. 
So you're hearing a little bit of that right now in this particular podcast. So thank you, Tony. Appreciate your being here with your expertise. It's been extremely important. And for all that. And I would just like again, before I sign off here, you know, for anybody that is interested in further information, I have got a boatload of information to share. (laughs) Oh, wow. You couldn't, you couldn't not say that. Could you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it entirely. All right. And for this is the, this is the wrap up for this particular episode of make your pitches. I hope everyone has enjoyed uh, some great knowledge on water sports, the potential in investing in a water sports company that is going to actually do a great, great deal of work in the future and be a very viable investment for anyone who would like to get involved. I appreciate uh, uh, Robin, appreciate uh, Tony for being here. And for now, let me just say, remember to listen, learn, and give. If you enjoyed today's episode of Make Your Pitch, go smash the subscription button and if you want, leave us a five-star review. If you think you have what it takes to be on one of our episodes, contact us by going to the show notes to learn how. But most of all, be with us again next week for another episode of Make Your Pitch. Make Your Pitch.